Hello and welcome to Can't Find My Way Home, the podcast where expats from around the globe talk about the music and art scene in their adopted home. I'm your host, Craig. In this episode of Can't Find My Way Home, I was joined by Mark Will, based on the island of Taiwan. Pop rock collective I are set to release their forthcoming album, No Cure for the Princess Disease, scheduled for November 2021. Now, Mark and I first met in 2009 and we worked on his songs for the original Princess Disease album, along with Jeff Alley on guitar and Fred Glover on bass. Mark takes us through the thought process behind the reimagining of the album, as well as the differences in the recording process. We find out just what is the Far East Trilogy, the album as a medium in today's streaming age, as well as the right way to say the band's name and the meaning behind it. We also get into the preferences of being a live band or a studio band, the musicians who played on the new album, how production notes were integral to the recording, and why there's almost no interest from the Far East about the Far East Trilogy. Let's get right to it. Mark Will. The album is called No Cure for the Princess Disease. I guess you could say it is a reimagining of those songs that we recorded as Princess Disease and released on the eponymous album Princess Disease. Princess Disease's one and only album. (laughs) Its debut and farewell album that we recorded more than 10 years ago now that was rushed of course like we had to finish everything and get it out in time for our cd release party in what march of 2010 if i remember correctly and so i i would have liked to spend more time on it and i i I didn't know anything about the recording studio either really i had done some recording but i've learned a lot more since then and i know like Mm. how i want to prepare for recording. I know what I need to do in advance as far as rehearsal and and, uh, discussion of arrangements and, you know, working with other musicians. I just wanted to try to re-record those songs in the way that that I would have liked to originally. But, you know, also it's it's something new because it's it wasn't possible to work with the same musicians you know yeah it's a it's a they're the same songs but uh it's a completely new project i mean i i did make a couple of changes to the lyrics of tracks one and two because they felt a bit out of date i I felt like i needed to make a couple of adjustments but anyway otherwise the the songs structurally are the same but you know with new musicians it's it's going to be a completely different listening experience. I really wanted to emphasize that that each track was was unique. You know, there's hard rock, there's a reggae type song, there's prog rock, you know, there's a country tune, a punk song, a little bit of everything, alternative rock, pop. I don't know. Some some of the songs defy categorization maybe but there's like a definite (laughs) definite vibe or sometimes i would like you know mix genres like just for example for rice king it's like okay this is 
Muddy Waters backed by ACDC. It's a heady combination right there. Or, or Dirty Old Man. It's Bob Dylan backed by Black Sabbath. Let's go. <laughs> the, the writing process, Mark. So we're just saying like these songs, we recorded them originally. You and I rehearsed them. It must have been in the summer, 2009, I think it was. And uh, you and I got together in, yeah, in was, Lancey's little rehearsal place. It was, and it was just you and I with the acoustic and the drums and we kind of hammered some things out. Yeah, that was the original rehearsal. And then I think we brought Fred in. We tried two guitars at one point. That didn't work out so well. So it, it was uh, we just had Jeff handling the guitar duties and I focused on vocals. But now, you know, I'm I'm the band's bassist and vocalist. So double like, duty. Uh, you know, we did the basic tracks first and it was just guitar, bass and drums in the same room recording live and then later we did overdubs gu- guitar and vocals bass was uh, you know bass and drums and some of the guitar tracks were salvageable from those original all of the bass and drum tracks were used from those original live recordings and some of the guitar tracks were too but there was some overdubbing with the rhythm guitar and then of course the the vocals were done later too See, the writing process for the the album, so we're going back to when you and I met, 2000, I want to say 2009, I think that must be right, yeah? It was, yeah. And the, the songs had been around for quite a long time before that? Yeah, I guess I took about a year to write all nine of them, but by the time, like as soon as I finished, I I started looking for people that I could work with in the studio. That was the plan all along, to you know, make a record. Yeah, that was the plan. It was just a recording project. But then it, I think it was your idea to start playing some shows as Princess Disease. That happened and we were able to, we basically financed the recording project with the proceeds from our live shows. Not completely, but, uh, you know, like the, the cash that we made from doing gigs paid most of the CD, which went on to become a platinum bestseller. <laughs> Double platinum, thanks very much. It was, or did they call it diamond yeah. now? I don't know. <laughs> There's, uh, uh, it was interesting there, you said at the beginning, we were talking about the kind of recording differences, and I guess we were all a bit younger and a bit more naive when we did it, or we were a bit rushed, or a, a kind of combination of all these factors. Plus the guy who was recording it or engineering it forgot to put the overhead mics on so we didn't get all the symbols in and all that stuff, remember? Yeah, What would yeah. you say is the, the biggest differences between recording the first one and the second one were then, uh, other than the personnel, but the process as a whole, were you, a, were you much more regimented or did you have a, a bit more of a fixed idea how yes. it really wanted to yeah, sound? Yeah, it's... Yeah, like I I developed a method or system. I don't know if I should reveal all my secrets, <laughs> but uh oh, give us a gentle hint. But uh it's it's much more well, it's it's much more organized and like everything is planned very carefully before we go into the studio for we did the basic tracks last summer, summer of 2020, and before we went in, I prepared like well i sent all the old mp3s to the musicians and then i eventually printed out like 
what's the size of paper like the a3 size paper with that has mm. everything for each song everything like it's got lyrics chords some kind of production notes you know like i said could be the vibe uh, uh, and then also like beats per minute because we we're like playing to a click track we're playing live but we have a click track that uh keeps us on track as it were and uh you know in rehearsal before we go into the studio maybe we make some adjustments maybe oh this little bit too fast or too slow you know hopefully on the day when we do the actual recording we've got it the way we want it as it turned out we only had one rehearsal before we went into the studio but guys i worked with are professionals and because i've worked with the engineer for a long time and we know he knows what i want to do and i know what we need to do we're, we're able to work very quickly so we did all of the basic tracks in two days and then you after you've got those foundations you just build on them with overdubs and then of course the mixing takes forever of course the you know for carmina formosa i spent a ridiculously long amount of time obsessing that the over every second detail. album I, I still yeah well the, depends on how you count them i guess the second one is technically carmina formosa deluxe which is a remix <laughs> but there was less agonizing over that because i knew what i want i had a better idea of what i wanted and i know what's acceptable i know when to let go like the first time it's like oh is this perfect yet uh, is it is it done how do i know when it's done but now now i know more or At least less you have a reference it, point though yeah. yeah maybe there's there's something that i'll hear later and say oh we should have fixed that but it's yeah it's it's good like uh we did four different we mastered it four times so i, I think we're done Okay, that's a, that's a very thorough. We could we could say that way. Would you would you describe the album as a concept album, yeah. or would you would you would you take every single song, or rather every song? Would you take it as one separate being? I mean, how would you describe the album? A collection of songs in the traditional sense, concept album in the sense that you're telling a story from different points of view and different perspectives at that particular time in your life, or I always hope that it's both. I want each song to be complete in itself, but I want every song to relate to all the other songs. So if there's a theme for this, it's a ride on the soul subway, hence the subway song, right? That was like the mm. original concept. Like you, you get on the subway and you go to nine different stops and you see something completely uh unique at each stop that was the concept so originally the album began with the subway song and then it it had eight more stops after that stops or songs after we played those nine songs live we we realized that the subway song worked better in the fourth slot not as the first song but as the fourth so we ended up changing the sequence of one two three we flipped one two three and four five six because it was just thought that rice king which was number four was a better opener than than the subway song even though it did in terms of the concept the subway song in the first slot makes more sense but because it the the new 
sequence worked better live i just kept that for the album and it's you know so you you can enjoy the song separately or if you want to imagine your your kind of touring soul or korea as you listen that's also okay i mean i should say that this is it's uh part of what i'm calling my far east trilogy carmina formosa and carmina formosa deluxe that's like the Taiwan album, No Cure for the Princess Disease is the Korea album. And then I've written another one that I'll record uh, maybe next year called Sakura. And that's my Japan album. I'm curious to hear what that'll sound like as part of the part of the trilogy, you know. But we shall cross that bridge when we come to it, I think. Maybe you can send me a sneak peek. Well, the Japan album was written long before even the Princess Disease album. So... In terms of release and production, everything is like like reversed. Like the mm. the third one I wrote was the first one released, and then the the first one I wrote will be the the third one released, or the fourth, or however you want to count them. <laughs> it all gets confusing, but uh, they're all related one way or another. Uh, one of the th- I had a I had a kind of one of these Facebook uh, not Facebook Instagram story question and answer type things you know when uh, on your stories people can just ask you a question or you answer a question or you put up a quote or all this kind of interactive stuff so one of the questions the other week was from a uh, from a guest who I had on a couple of months ago and he was talking about an album as how do you listen to an album or do you think as an artist people should more focus on singles or EPs even or that kind of thing and I'm curious to find out you're releasing this as okay you're releasing tracks individually but uh, with accompanying videos but I would say it's it's maybe this is not the norm you know like to release an actual album like a whole nine songs 45 minutes of of music you know it's it's somewhat unique in this day and age yeah with streaming I don't know if people even listen to albums anymore but I guess I I want that to be an option. I mean, to me, the experience of the album was always important. I always wanted to listen from start to finish, especially mm. like if it's a Beatles album or a Pink Floyd album, you're being told a story. There's a narrative there. It's not Definitely. it's not always obvious what the what the narrative thread is but there's there's something you're going on a trip or a journey and so i'm always very conscious of that and always try to have some kind of narrative that's at least implied it doesn't have to be explicit it's not like a it's not like a rock opera necessarily Mm. although i did (laughs) i did think about doing something like that with the with carmen of formosa deluxe i was gonna like link all the tracks with with samples like a pink floyd album but we we tried that it didn't really work that well so it's as i say it's both i want i want each song to be perfect in its own way and it and it it can it's complete in itself but you can experience it in a different way hear it in a different way it means something different if you listen to it in relation to all the other songs too which are also complete in themselves as i was going to say though it's it's the way people listen to music how they, they search for music how they 
how they play it, where they, what they play it on. I mean, these are all things. I mean, do people have enough attention span? I think it's a generational thing, you know. The the a lot of younger people have the they're quite happy to get their four minute single and then that's it. And maybe an album comes from it, maybe not. It's all a bit freer these days. But I think there's definitely still enough room for the album as a as a material thing, you know. There, it's 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 a medium that's maybe not going to be used as much or as often as it used to, but it's, I think it's always going to be there in some form or other. Well, I hope so, because as I say, the, that is an important part of the listening experience for me. No one knows our name. Uh, like, we recently had a, a song played on a, another podcast. It was their song of the day. And they they introduced the song as being it was dystopian theme song, and they said by the band AI, which is which is not right. It's I (laughs) lowercase a lowercase i in square brackets. It's a phonetic transcription for you know first person singular ocular organ that you see with the Japanese or Chinese word for love, Scottish for yes, or forever. It's a German for egg. It's a Spanish cry of dis- distress, I guess. It's all of those. And I, I think maybe we, or I chose a, a stupid name, but it's it's too late now. I can't change it. <laughs> uh, but another problem is uh, on social media, you can't, yeah, on social media, you can't use the square brackets. So for marketing purposes, we have to use Carmina Formosa, which is the title of our first album. So I probably did all of that wrong, but it's it's too late now. That's the name. I, not AI. It's unique, though. It, uh, it, with uh, those well, the, square exactly. brackets, you, you, it's like... Exactly. You read my mind. I mean, for all of those... Uh... I don't want to call them negatives, but for all those hurdles that you've had to jump over to get to get to where you want. On the other hand, I think you also have a nice story to tell about the name and uh, the many possibilities and how you can use it as long as it's not AI. Yeah. Are you going to take these songs out on the road, Mark? No, I have no uh, intention of doing that. I'm I'm uh, quite happy being the leader of a studio band. What I like doing is writing, recording, and releasing songs. That's what I enjoy. These days, I don't have the energy to like prepare to, to rehearse, to play live. I mean, I don't see that happening anytime soon. But I, I really like writing new stuff, recording what I hear in my head, and then putting it out there and making videos you know, to promote it. Yeah, I think the videos are kind of important part of the the process. the The musicians that you're working with in the studio are are they all Taiwan based? Are they all uh, locals, or do you have a mix of expatriates working with you? Yeah, uh, the drummer is originally from Oklahoma. Cody, he's one of the top session guys in Taiwan and China, and he. You know, he does play live with with many people, does a lot of studio work. And the guitarist is a Taiwanese guy named CJ Shu, who 
as you've probably heard by now, is a virtuoso and very versatile. He can mm. do anything. Like I, I had very specific ideas about what I wanted. You've heard the Subway song. So for that, I, I was like, can you play Slide? And he said, yes. I said, okay, well, I'm going to send you some George Harrison Slide solos that I like. Please listen to those and let's see what you come up with. And I mean, the first time I heard the intro to the Subway song, what he did with slide guitar, I almost cried. I mean, it was so beautiful. <laughs> like, it was just amazing, even better than I could have imagined. So it, it was fantastic. And, the, and same thing happened with really every other song. I'm thinking of I Don't Belong to You, the the country tune i sent him some rockabilly videos like some some carl perkins and uh i don't know stray cats or something like that mm -hmm. so he listened to that and then he came up with his own uh solo and it was just perfect for residents i i sent him some uh robert fripp and andy summers clips and he he did this amazing sounds like modal soloing well there are two solos and it's just it's it's really fantastic for rice king you know it's just like do do an angus young impression so he you know he can but it sounds like good fun for a guitarist then, eh? You know, if you, you, you're you left with somewhat of a blank canvas, just a few kind of ideas that you've you've suggested for him, but otherwise you get a lot of uh, creativity to, to add your own flavour to it. What did I'm curious to think what they thought of the the playing on the original the original album, the Princess Disease album. Yeah, I mean the original is basically our live show done in the studio. Like, you know, it has all of the qualities of a live performance. Like, it, we, uh, I think a lot of the tracks, as often happens when you play live, are faster than maybe they would be if you were controlling things with a, a click track in the studio. And I certainly didn't take as much time with my vocals. I did do, you know, I did... I think I sang live originally, but then I went back and overdubbed some stuff. But it was just like, okay, here's here's a good take. Go with that. Now I don't I don't do that at all. I'll sing each song four or five times, and then we'll just mix and match, pick the best. It's almost line by line, as I read that David Bowie used to do. Although he would he would sometimes like make up the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, line yeah, by that, line yeah, in the I studio. Don't, I don't do right, that, yeah. but the, <laughs> the 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 recording is is kind of like that. Like we'll do a verse at a time. I'll listen, and then I'll say, "Okay, let me try it again." You know, then we'll have like three or four to play with, and then Zen, the producer, will edit, and we'll have like a a complete take. But it's it's really four or five takes pieced together. So there's just a lot more preparation that I do now. And I, I didn't do it before because I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing. I don't think, I mean, you and Jeff had done the 40 Days album, right? But uh, we, the whole thing was recorded 
mixed, mastered, engineered, whatever in a, in a week. I think we had two days recording. Yeah, and exactly. Then that was that was like a Friday and yeah. a Saturday, and then we picked up the CDs the following Friday. I mean, it was yeah, and I think we played we played a gig on the, both weekends as well. You know, it so was, the, uh, yeah, it's it was the difference. Bit... It's the yeah. So it's the difference between one week and one year. You know, mm. in terms of production time and preparation and everything, it's more like I guess I would say the original. It was we just took our live show into the into the studio what i do now is kind of like i mean you use the painting analogy it's kind of like that i'm painting sonically each track is a different sonic picture and uh i really try to go for something that's completely unique on each track and i I don't know that we were conscious of that when we did the original, it's just like, okay, this is the song that we've played a hundred times. So we're just going to do, do that song. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. we did, you know, there was some, uh, like attention to gear, like Jeff used different amps for different songs and so on. But it, like, uh, I'm much more conscious of that now, like what, what unique sound I want for each track. And as I said, there are always those production notes and each song has a different uh, BPM and uh, a different BPM setting and, and each song has a different vibe. I'm, I'm very conscious of that. I insist on it. Like it's, it's not done until I've got that, you know? Like I don't just say, okay, well, that's good enough because we have to, we have to, get something out <laughs> right, by the next week. Kind of no, thing. I just, I don't, I don't stop until, no, I don't stop until, okay, this is, this is as good as it can be. This is what I want, which is it. And that's the way, you know, that's the way I like it because I would, it's, it's forever. Like once it's done that, that album, those songs, those tracks exist forever. So I want to be able to listen to them and not say, Oh, I should have, change this or that i mean i could always go back and tweak something but that you know they're i'm quite pleased with with the way they sound if there's if there's something i notice later it'll be very very minor well from my from my early listens to the the recordings that you've sent me and the files that you've sent me it's a much richer fuller fatter just generally well put together uh product product sounds really not very nice but uh you know the the end results just sound really great and uh fingers crossed that we get a little more uh play out in philippines and egypt and uh what was the other one yeah the philippines mexico and egypt are mexico all right that's, so that's where i mean you you have a decent there's uh, a decent population in, in those countries i think but yeah fingers crossed we could get a little yeah, bit well, more uh that's just marketing the last uh, album, so maybe maybe we'll find new audiences with this with this new one. But interestingly, even though this is the Far East trilogy, we've got almost no interest in Japan, Korea, and Taiwan, which is like <laughs> it's the, a bit ironic. You know, those, those are the yeah the the far it's the Far East trilogy, but those three places couldn't give a shit. Yeah. So far. <laughs> yes, well. It's early days, man. Uh, where can we find you in social media, Mark? Uh, well, 
as as I was saying, since none of these platforms allow bracket square brackets in the in the uh, URL, it's always Carmina Formosa. So it's our our Twitter handle is Carmina Formosa, Facebook Carmina Formosa, Instagram Carmina Formosa. Where else are we? We have a SoundCloud. We're on YouTube, and we're on Spotify. We're build, building up our following there. I think you can just search I. Yeah, we're on Instagram, yeah. I don't post much there, but there, we're going to start doing more with that later, I think. We have a newsletter on Reverb Nation, and it's also I think it's also Carmina Formosa, but I think I'm going to move that newsletter to Substack here pretty soon. All of that fails, just go to markwillwrite, W-R-I-T-E dot com. That's where my books and my music are. So that's another way to follow what's going on, not only with the band, but with my with my book publications. Because the music is a form of the writing, as I see it. Songwriting is literature. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. It's a nice way to end. Matt, thanks for your time and good luck with everything moving forward. I'm looking forward to taking the dog for a walk and listening to the whole album. All right, let me know what you think. You can follow Can't Find My Way Home on Instagram at can't.findmywayhome on Facebook at Expat Music Pod and of course you can find us on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts from you'll find us there. Until the next one this is Greg saying cheers. <laughs>